Welcome to the Creekside Community Church Podcast. If you don't yet follow Jesus, we want to provide you with a safe place to explore the Christian faith. If you are a Christian, we want to provide you with resources to help you grow in your faith and ultimately serve Jesus more effectively. For more information or to partner with us, visit our website at creekside.cc. Subscribe so that you don't miss any of our messages. We hope this content helps you take your next step with Jesus. songs, and it was really fun to get to pick songs with Kirk this week and just focus on that uh, kind of idea of joy and celebration and just, um, I want to say, taking pleasure in God's good gifts and praising Him for them. And uh, we're actually talking about the concept of joy today and bringing that together and exploring the Bible's teaching on it. Uh, But to set that up, I want to share about how um, when I was a senior in high school, I was very concerned about knowing God's will for my life and very stressed out about it. I had several different decisions for college options, and I didn't know which one to take. I didn't know what I should major in when I went to college, if I should go to college at all or do some kind of mission opportunity. And I was praying through these things and just felt like I wasn't getting guidance from God. And many of you have been in similar situations. Uh, junctures in your life where it's time to make a decision and you're not sure what to do. Now, today's message is not on knowing what to do in those situations, but here's something I have come to learn and appreciate, is that there's actually a lot about God's will for us that's true all the time, the way he wants us to live 24-7. Uh, If you're a follower of Jesus, there's just a lot of instructions and a lot of clarity about what God's will for all of us is. And I think, and I'm convinced, that the more we get that right, the easier those junctures in life are, and the less stressful they are, and our ability to handle them well and with wisdom goes up exponentially. And so if you're at a difficult juncture right now and you're stressed about that, sorry, this sermon's not necessarily for you. Um, If you want prayer and uh, as much wisdom as any that God has given us, uh, any of us on staff would love to grab coffee with you and pray through that decision with you and um, maybe give you some questions to consider. Um, but today we're gonna look at God's bigger level will. Like this is God's will for all people everywhere. And if you're like me, this verse might surprise you. This is what Paul writes. It says, rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's will. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything. Now, if you had asked me, I, I just think that the average Christian, like if you went out and be like, hey, what is God's will for every single person? Like every single follower of Jesus, what is God's will for them? How many of you would have said, be full of joy, that's God's will for every Christian? It wouldn't have come to my mind, honestly, either. Like, pray constantly, yeah, that's in there. (laughs) Um, Be grateful, yes, give thanks. That that might even make it in there, right? Most of us would probably think of, like, read the Bible and pray, right? That's God's will for everyone. 
says, no, be full of joy, rejoice. That, that word rejoice means be filled with joy. Be filled with joy. And so the title of this message is God's will is for your joy. And that's what we're gonna be focusing on is what kind of uh, joy is this? And just as we get started, I, I want you to think through, um, if that's true, like, how's that going? <laughs> One piece of God's overarching will for all of us is to be filled with joy. Are you? Or are you like this? <laughs> Someone was just joking, actually. The, it, the, I was talking with some fellow pastors this week, and um, they just made this joke, and it stuck in my mind, probably because I'm preaching on this topic, but they said, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, because so many times, just us as Christians, we're like, we don't seem very joyful, right? And yet this is God's will for us, to be filled with joy. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not great at this. I don't think I'm even good at this. I'm growing to become okay at this, okay? And so this is one of those Sundays where I do not say this as some kind of professional Christian who gets this all right. Uh, I really resonate with that quote that said, um, preaching is like one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread, okay? It's like, I found free bread over there, like, hey, come on, right? Um, that's what I'm doing today with this concept of joy. And this message is going to be a little different. We're going to kind of almost do a, a New Testament word study on that word joy. And so we're going to look at a bunch of different passages. If you have your Bible, you're welcome to play, uh, flip back and forth as fast as you can. Uh, you're welcome to do that. They will all be on the screen as well. So that might be just a little easier for today. Um, but this is our question. If this is God's will for us, how do we grow in embodying that? How do we become more joyful people? because this is God's will for us. And again, the more we get this general will that God has for us right, I think the more the other things find their place. Uh, this is our second week in the series called Made for More. And the whole point of this series is to dig into what this verse means. In John 10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that they, which is all who follow him, I've come so that they may have life and have it in abundance, overflowing abundant life is what Jesus came to bring us. And so our heart is we want to receive that gift. Like God, through Jesus, paid the price for this amazing gift. And so we want to receive that and enjoy that good, beautiful, abundant life that he came to bring us. And one piece of that abundant life is a joy-filled life. And so uh, we're gonna do this in two sections. We're gonna talk about what joy is and then we're gonna to get to that application of how do we become more joyful, okay? So what is joy? Um, well, and perhaps you've heard this before, it's not quite the same as happiness. Here's a verse that really highlights that fact. James, uh, the half-brother of Jesus, writes, consider it a great joy, right, there's the word joy, consider it a great joy, not when you get a nice big bowl of ice cream after you eat, right, that's not when, Consider a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. Hard things, tough stuff, joy. Hmm, right? That's a little different, isn't it? So joy apparently can be present even in the midst of suffering or persecution, the trials of life, the hard things of life, which means uh, it's not like happiness because happiness if you think about it, it's dependent on your immediate life circumstances being positive or good, right? Again, like, 
you finish your meal, um, you eat a bowl of ice cream. Maybe you feel happy. That's when I feel happy often, right? Um, it's based off of your immediate positive circumstances, right? Happiness. You eat too much. Now, do you feel happy, right? No, right? Because your immediate circumstances are not positive. But whatever joy is, it's not simply rooted in your immediate circumstances. It's bigger than that. It's not even dependent on positive immediate life circumstances. It's bigger than that. Now, I want to be careful because um, some teaching I've come across almost defines goodness out of joy, right? Joy has nothing to do with happiness, totally different. And it's almost like we define all the emotion and the fun out of joy. And they're like, here, now have joy, this funless, boring thing. Here you go. Um, joy is a positive thing. It is a positive emotion. It's just bigger than simply an emotion. And if you think James is crazy to say this, that like you should consider persecution joy, um, we actually see the apostles doing this. This is Acts chapter 5. Uh, this is the Sanhedrin, the gathering of the Jewish leaders. Uh, they called in the apostles, and they had them flogged. That's whipped, right? So positive life circumstance or negative life circumstance? Right. Okay, pretty easy. Okay, right, yeah. They had them flogged, and they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and then they released them. Then the apostles went out from the presence of the Sanhedrin, rejoicing, same word, full of joy. Just been whipped, results, full of joy. They were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be treated shamefully on behalf of the name. Wow. By the way, all right, again, I'm getting okay at joy. I am not apostle level, right? This is, this is kind of a good uh, picture of our goal, though, right? How amazing would it be if you were able to be joyful in situations like this? God, grow that kind of joy in us. So joy is possible even in tough life circumstances. Not only that, if you look at other passages, uh, you realize joy can be commanded. Philippians 4.4, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. All right, so quick test. Um, can you control your emotions? Be happy right now. Go. Right. No, right? You can't command emotions. So whatever joy is, again, I think it does include emotions, but it must be bigger than that because Paul can command it. And if you can command it, then you can obey that command, right? You can choose to be joyful or rejoice in the Lord always. So if this command is actually doable, it must be not simply an emotion. It's not simply something that's beyond our control. We actually have a say-so in joy, which is really good news because it does feel, at least to me, with some emotions, like we're just kind of at the mercy of them. Like, I feel sad. I, I don't even know why. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one, but that happens to me sometimes. Like, I don't, I don't know. But joy is not something that you're at the mercy of. There's actually things you can do to become a more joyful person, to choose joy. So again, it's not simply a feeling that's beyond our ability to control. So those are kind of negative definitions. What is the positive definition? What is joy? Well, here is a key verse to get at this. Uh, Peter writes this to uh, a church. He says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him. You've entrusted yourself to him. 
and you rejoice. You're full of joy. You rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy. And so this, this word is actually twice in this one verse, right? You are full of joy with inexpressible and glorious joy. You're rejoicing with glorious joy because, this is the key word, because. You're full of joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. When I started investigating joy more thoroughly, I found whenever joy is commanded almost always or talked about, there is a reference to a reason. You're filled with joy because you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This was actually also in that James verse. I just didn't read that part. James said, consider a great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials. You see the word? Because. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. You should rejoice not because you're suffering the end. That doesn't really make any sense. You can rejoice because you know that suffering will form you as a follower and grow maturity in you. See, joy is often linked with a reason to be joyful. It's based off of the ultimate circumstances, God's ultimate goals in this world. And so here's how I would say it. What is joy? If happiness is pleasure based on immediate circumstances, what's happening right now, small picture, that's happiness, then joy is pleasure based on the broader ultimate circumstances. What is God doing in the whole world? Where is he bringing this world? What has he done for you? What will he do for you? What will he do for everyone? Joy is taking pleasure in those truths. Joy is taking pleasure in ultimate circumstances. Kind of a funny um, story to illustrate this. I feel like God's been messing with me the last couple weeks, by the way. Um, so if you ever feel like that, uh, in a good way, I think. Uh, he's, he's working some things in my heart and life, I think. Um, but last week's message, I, I, I actually really needed <laughs> to implement some of the things. And this week's message, I had a funny situation. So here I am setting all the stuff about joy, okay? And then I get um, our financial report for the last month. And by the way, I, I'm trained in the Bible, okay? Not spreadsheets, okay? That's... It's important for this story. So uh, I get the financial report, and I'm looking through it, and I just am, I'm just glancing through at this point. I'm not digging deep, and then I had to go do something else. So it was just like this quick look, and I saw that we didn't receive what we hoped for in July. I saw that. And then I scrolled down to the bottom, and I saw this big number, 14000 And I was like, we are $14,000 behind in July alone. Oh, no. And then I was like, choose joy. <laughs> so um, I worked on this. I was trying to remind myself, like, you know what, Luke? Regardless of the financial state of affairs of Creekside right now, God is on the throne, and he's building his church, and he's going to return in victory one day. And I kept trying to just lift my eyes from these feelings I was having to like, okay, all right, what is God doing in the world? And how faithful has he been in the past? 
And maybe all this is just going to be a little faith story in the midst of our history as a church. Well, as it turns out, I read the report wrong. So I got to practice joy, and things are not as dire as all that. So it's kind of a win-win, I guess. Um, I read the report wrong. It's because it was thrown off because so many of you have given extra gifts. So uh, we were negative in July, but we were actually, we were negative in our normal tithes and offerings. But then $17,000 had come in for donations for the driveway. So we were actually positive $14,000 total, but I just got confused about the negative and positive numbers and... Yeah, anyway, again, study the Bible, not spreadsheets, sorry. But God gave me an opportunity, and um, I did okay. I didn't do great. I did okay, though. I'm growing. May we all grow. So this is the difference, though, right? Taking pleasure in immediate circumstances, right? Really good month, that's happiness, right? Joy is more rooted in, you know what, this is what God is ultimately doing and about. Joy is taking pleasure in ultimate circumstances. So, with that understood, how can we grow to become more joyful people? Here's a key verse for that. This is Galatians chapter 5. Paul writes, But the fruit of the Spirit, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper, our comforter. If you're a follower of Jesus, he dwells within you. He's, he um, is God's personal presence in your life. He empowers us. He illuminates scripture to us. He does so many things. And Paul writes, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. How many of you are singing a song in your head right now? Okay. Some of you, okay. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But in that list, do you know it's joy? Joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit or a key element of the fruit of the Spirit. And he writes, the law is not against such things. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Saying, like, our old life and our old tendencies to go against God and his ways, that went to the cross with Jesus. And now in this new life, we live by the Spirit. We let the Holy Spirit guide us. We listen for his voice. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit uh, here's my main point, is what Paul says, it says that joy is like a fruit of the Spirit, something he grows in us. And if it really is like a fruit, then it can be cultivated. Um, so many of you know uh, my wife, Janelle. She loves gardening. Uh, she's been growing her flower garden for the last couple years. Now, <clears throat> as a gardener, I think gardeners understand cultivation better than most of us, right? Because this year, Janelle did all the right things to have a big harvest of lots of different flowers. And you know what happened? Hail. Hail. Yeah, four-letter four word. Um, sorry, hail happened over and over again, right? Um, and so she hasn't had much of a harvest this year. This is what cultivation is, right? Though She did all the right things. She planted, she watered, set up her watering system. And now, actually, there's a bunch of cosmos coming up. So that we do have some flowers, um, but not all the flowers Janelle wanted. Right. Think about that image of cultivation, though, right? It's, it's you have a part to play. You do things. You're active. You work, right? Janelle works really hard in the garden. But she cannot make flowers grow or do what she wants them to do. 
And this is the analogy that we're given of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. You cannot control the Holy Spirit. But you can cultivate your relationship with him. Right? There are things you can do to make the ground of your heart soft and to water it regularly. Does that make sense? And we do these things. We do these spiritual disciplines that God gives us. We spend time with him. We pray. We fellowship. We do all these various disciplines. And what those are, they're, they're cultivating a life with the Spirit. And then he comes and he grows fruit from that. Produce. Things like joy. So joy like gratitude can be cultivated. Maybe not controlled, but cultivated. So how do we do that? The first thing I want to say is that um, in some ways, on one level, this is like any other positive mindset, state of being shift. Uh, any of you struggle with being grateful, being thankful? Wow, you guys are really on top of things. All right, what? All right, yeah, a few of you. Okay, now um, if someone came to you like, hey, I want to become more grateful, I'm not. How do I do that? How do, how do I become a more grateful person? How do you do it? I heard some of you say it, say it louder. Right? How do, you practice it, right? You practice gratitude. You say thank you more often, even when you don't totally feel like it, right? Thank you for this food. Uh, this is why all of you are parents, right? You kind of make your kids do this. No, say thank you to mom for this dinner you don't like. Right? <laughs> right? You, you, have to, you have to practice it. And the more you practice it, the more natural it becomes, right? So in some ways, you're doing something unnatural, but it's because you want to become a grateful person. And the process to getting from where you are to becoming a grateful person is by saying thanks more often. I think the same thing is true for joy. You want to become a more joyful person, you need to make a practice or a habit of lifting your eyes from what is going on right here, small picture, to what God is doing in the world. And the more you do that, the more you're filled with gratitude and praise and even joy. This is what I think the writer of Hebrews was getting at when he talks about that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. I don't think the cross was joyful, but it was for the joy set before him. It was the ultimate circumstances of what he knew the Father would work through the cross and the salvation it would bring, that it would bring all of us to him, any who are willing to receive the gift of life. It was for the joy of knowing that ultimate circumstance. So one last image to think through this. Um, kind of the difference between kindling and coals. Many of you go camping, uh, enjoy fires in your backyard sometimes when the fire uh, issue isn't too high, right? And if you ever like struggle with the kindling for hours, right, trying to light it, trying to light it, and finally you pour a gallon of lighter fluid on it, and then, right, that, that's how you get to go, right? Uh, but you know how this works, right? Kindling like flashes and goes out, flashes and goes out, right? It burns really hot, but it burns really fast. And in some ways that's like happiness. Right? Just really fast, really bright, kind of fun, but the good stuff, if you want to cook on a fire or roast s'mores, right, what do you want? You want coals, right? You want a bed of coals. And you don't get a bed of coals without cultivating this fire, 
Right? You work with it and you give it time and you build it up and you let it burn down and eventually you get this nice bed of hot embers. This is like what it looks like for us to grow in joy. It's not just about this kindling, this experience of happiness. It has to be cultivated over time. We consistently practice looking up, looking at these ultimate circumstances. And as we do that, God slowly makes our hearts this bed of coals. Joy is not this flashy, like, oh, I'm so happy, right? It's, it's a deeper thing than that. It's bigger than that. It includes this positive feelings, but it's more settled. So we cultivate joy by making this a habit. Make it a habit to lift your eyes from what's going on right now in your life to what God is doing in this world. It might be helpful for you even kind of almost write a little small paragraph, something you return to. And just list out what is God ultimately going to do with you and with this world. That whatever happening right now in your life is not the end of your story. That God's not done with you yet. That he has plans, not just for you, but for this entire world. To bring all the broken stuff together and somehow when he returns to bring that all to make, um, I love the way our kids' Bible story says it, to make everything sad come untrue. That's what's going to happen at Jesus' return. The more you focus on that, the more joyful you'll become. So we cultivate joy. Just like you can cultivate gratitude, you cultivate joy. And the immediate application that that, uh, Paul gives us is to do this by walking in the Spirit. He says joy is a fruit of the Spirit. The more you listen to the Spirit, the more you obey the Spirit's nudges, And I want to just give you a quick warning. It's been my experience in my own life at times when I've um, gone astray that the Spirit tends to speak more quietly the less we listen to Him. Um, I just know that's been true for me. And so we need to be quick to obey. When you feel God's nudge you through His Spirit to do something or bringing light, again, He illuminates us. Unfortunately, often what He illuminates is the darkness in our own hearts the things we need to work on. And so how do you respond when he does that in your life? You say, oh, okay, God, give me your grace. I'm sorry. Empower me, help me to change. That's what we need to do. We need to listen for his voice and obey him when he speaks. The more we do that, the more we do that, the more he grows joy in us as a fruit of that life of walking with him. And so as we close in a moment, we're going to sing um, a song as, a, as our time of response that's really just uh, a prayer. It's saying, Holy Spirit, I want to be surrendered to you. I want to listen to your voice. I want to obey when you speak. And would you work in me? Would you speak to me what you want to speak to me and help me respond to you? And so worship team, I'm going to invite you to um, come back up. And the last thing I'll say is, I know today's message, um, maybe some of you have come and you're like, this all sounds great, but this is for Christians. Um, and maybe you don't consider yourself a Christian. You haven't chosen to follow Jesus with your life. First of all, I want to say I'm so glad you're here. Um, we exist as a church to help people take their next step with Jesus, no matter where they are. Um, if you are way far from God and you know that, we are here for you and we want to help you. 
And I know maybe you didn't hear a lot today to, to, to kind of help you in that, but we do want to help you in that. And so I or any of us on staff would love to talk with you if, if you have questions or if you have hurt um, from past churches or pastors. I'm so sorry, and I'd love to um, just share more with you about the good news of this abundant life that's found in Jesus and how to receive that. But for you, if you do consider yourself a Christian and a follower of Jesus, if you're happy and you know it, um, but it's bigger than happiness, right? right? Um, Cultivate joy. Joy is not the same as happiness. It's bigger. It is full of emotion, but it's rooted in the ultimate circumstances. And so let's learn to pause and direct our gaze upward And let's together listen to the Spirit when He speaks to us. Let me pray for us, and then uh, we'll respond in song. And if there's anything at all you want prayer for, you can head to that back corner, and we'll pray for you. Um, Or any of us on staff would love to talk further. Um, And then again, after the response song, it'll be kind of crazy setup time for about 30 minutes. So uh, go to any of those people that Deanna highlighted earlier if you'd like to help us set up. Um, If you're just here to... Uh, enjoy and celebrate with us. That is great, and we are glad you're here. Just hang out for about 30 minutes, eat a donut, drink some coffee, and then head out uh, there, and we'll have hot dogs and lots of fun things. But let me pray for us. Jesus, I thank you that you have for us not a dull life, but an abundant life. God, I just ask that you would help me grow in becoming a more joyful person. Would you help all of us here do that? Would you help us cultivate this, um, let's say, state of being, of being joyful people? Grow our ability to rejoice and root that joy in you, God, first of all. What you have done and are doing and want to do in our lives and in this world. We thank you so much for all of that. And we ask that right now as we sing this song, would your Holy Spirit have his way in each of our hearts and in each of our lives? If there's something you want to shine your light on, let us be willing to look at that, respond. If there's something you're calling us to do, give us the courage to respond and do that in this time. In the words of Paul in Romans 15, 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.